What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast. This is Kevin, and I'm with my co-host. You are with Diamonds and Bucky, and this is Midnight Terrors. Yeah, buddy. You're getting better and better at that every single uh, time you like get the, the creepy voice down even better Good. each week. So that is your shtick uh, for the entirety of this podcast. So... I'm all about well, it. All honesty, I, I practice in the mirror like once, once or twice a day. So okay, fair enough. Is that how you like start every morning? Is you just say midnight terrors in that fashion and go on about your day? Yeah, it is. It's like how I get man. <laughs> cool, it's man. Like, but I do reps though too. It's like I, I get like <laughs> two or three in before like I hit the shower, and then after the shower, get another two or three reps in. You know, it's good. It's yeah. good. There you go. It's like muscle memory. You know what's funny is um, right now my brother and I are watching uh, Cobra Kai uh, in preparation for that uh, new season to come out. I had only seen the first season, so we're kind of binge watching it now. Um, oh, sweet. So they've been touching on the... Every now and again they mention the wax on, wax off stuff. So, But that's your version of wax on, wax off is Midnight Terrors, Midnight Terrors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. There we go, man. Which yeah, side note that... Yeah, great do you wa- show too, man. I was gonna ask you. I don't know if we ever talked about that. You watched that? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm all caught up. So whenever cool, the new cool, season man. comes out, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I didn't realize how many people they brought back for for that series. So I kind of, oh yeah, I was like, when I tried to watch it the first time and I just kind of fell off. I got one season in, and season three was like just about to come out. So. It was like when it first got picked up by Netflix, um, and then I started seeing trailers everywhere. I'm like, wait, they brought back like this character and this character? I got to get back on that, and I'm really enjoying it so far. We're about halfway through season two, so good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I It's funny, there's been a uh, a lot of like old like 80s movies coming on and stuff like that, um, and you know, all of a sudden, there's Tommy. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, I didn't know he was in this movie. Because, you know, all I know him from, or most people know him from, is, uh, you know, Karate Kid. But um, he pops up uh, everywhere in a bunch of uh, 80s movies. And he all, always plays, like, the same character. He's, like, the jerk, like, weightlifter football player that's, like, annoying, you know, the main <laughs> character or whatever. So... He's now, always like the bad guy. Now remind me, you said uh, Tommy. Which which one is that again? He was in. He was in what now? You said Tommy. Yeah, Tommy's um, uh, Larusso's, uh, you know, like rival or whatever. He's the one starting Cobra Kai. Oh, uh, Johnny. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. Johnny. Okay, yeah, gotcha. I said Tommy. Uh, oh Johnny. really? I didn't know he was in uh, other stuff. I haven't really seen much else of his work outside of, uh, or really any of his work outside of, um, outside of Karate Kid and and Cobra Kai. So I'll have to check out some of those some of those others eighties, yeah, some of those other eighties yeah. flicks that you mentioned. So cool, man. Well, um, I'm sure that the eighties are going to make an appearance or two in. Uh, in the episode that we're here to do this evening. Um, 
So again, welcome back to the Midnight Terrors podcast, everybody. I hope you guys have enjoyed the first eight episodes. That is crazy that we are like two months into doing this show so far. And we just dropped the Midnight Mass episode on Sunday. That was a, a very deep one, a really interesting conversation there. Um, and yeah, so, but we're going to take it back and make it a little less serious this week and just have a good time, little party here. Uh, Jason, tonight we're doing a, uh, a horror movie bracket war uh, this evening. I found a website called bracketfights.com where they sort of, uh, you click the category that you want and it'll sort of uh, auto-generate um, horror movies into that. So we're going with uh, horror movie bracket wars. So it's, if anyone doesn't know what a bracket war is, they have basically this like tournament chart bracket and... They fill it in with various horror movies, and we have to go round by round and basically eliminate a horror movie every single round until there is only one crowned champion. So, the end-all, be-all horror of this, uh, or horror movie of this group, I guess you could say. Yep, just chipping away at him. Yeah, so... Now, I did get uh, a glimpse at a couple of the movies that are going to appear on here, but I also shuffled it three times and scrolled up before I could see what was going to pop up. So I have no idea what the rounds are. I did not make this. It was just auto-generated for us. So this ought to be interesting. So, uh, Jason, yeah, this should be fun. So as we go through each round, Jason, I figure we'll just, um, I'll I'll say which two movies are... Uh, going head to head in that round and we'll just kind of discuss a little bit um, our reasons for whether we choose the opposite movie from each other or if we agree on it why we make that choice and we'll collectively come to an agreement as to which movie advances until there's only one left of course all right let's get started then let's waste no time even though we've wasted uh, about six minutes of it but that's okay (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Talking about Friday Kid and Cobra Kai. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I noticed that when we did the episode on uh, Midnight Mass last week, we we touched on like Beavis and Butthead and stuff before. So uh, that's just what we do here. It's just, it's a podcast. There's going to be tangents. So, but anyway. I I still need to watch me some Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) Yes. By the time one of the episodes come out, I'll actually, because I think I said on there, I had never seen Beavis and Butthead do America. Uh, so I'll have to get on that and then go back and watch some of the show because I love that show. So, Yeah, it's great. All right, man. Well, let's just dive on in here. And so just for uh, reference for you and for everybody else listening, basically I have the horror bracket war in front of me. And as we go through each round, I'll just click on the winner and it's going to fill in the bracket for us. So that's how I'm going to keep track of of where we are with with all the movies. So... Let's just dive on in. So round one, we have Pet Cemetery, the original, versus the original Suspiria. Pet Cemetery. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have not seen Suspiria, so I can't really weigh in too much on this, but honestly, knowing what I know of Suspiria and its remake, if I got to choose between these two, which one I want to watch, it'd be that original Pet Cemetery all day, every day. That's one of my favorite horror flicks, one of my favorite Stephen King adaptations, and yeah, it's just a blast every single time. Yeah, you don't want to go down that road. 
sometimes dead <laughs> is better. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, I was quick on that one because it's honestly like uh, Pet Cemetery is one of one of my favorite horror movies. Um, and there's just, I think we might have touched on it before, but with um, with the remake that came out recently, they didn't they didn't focus a lot on on Zelda, who's uh, right, right, you know, the sister um, that has all this the spinal problems or whatever. Um, just straight, straight nightmare fuel. Uh, ever since I saw that original Zelda, that any scene she's in is easily one of the most terrifying scenes in in horror. So I yeah. agree with you completely. Now, have you seen Suspiria? Is that something you've watched before? Um, it is. It's been a very long time since I've seen it, but it's um, like a it's like a witch movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but would you say it's a good movie though? Like, would you recommend I watch it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely it's definitely worth watching. Okay. <laughs> um, just uh, you know, like I said, Pet Cemetery leaps out to me because it's one of the, one of the scariest movies that I've seen. Absolutely. Um, and like you said, it's a great a- adaptation from the book. For sure, for sure. Great ending song too, with the uh, the Pet Cemetery song by the Ramones. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, that's a great one. So I, we're in agreement on that. So we'll put Pet Cemetery in there. Um. Oh, geez. Uh. <laughs> man. Oh, man. I I've been able to look ahead just a little bit to see uh, some of the movies that have been pitted against each other. Um, and as we were touching on Stephen King, we've got the Battle of the Stephen King adaptations here. We have The Shining from 1980, so the original Stanley Kubrick, Jack Nicholson, versus the 1990 version of It with Tim Curry. Ouch. Yeah, that, uh, and this is only the second, <laughs> only the second yeah. question um jason i don't even know how to open up this can of worms you got you got something there <laughs> like I, um they're they're both such great movies um i think i think though i've got to go with the shining um i i mean i i really love it and it's a very hard um, comparison to put those two next to each other. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm a big Stanley Kubrick fan. So there's really a lot to take in, in the shining. Uh, and I think that just the pure, the thing that gets me about the shining is that isolation aspects. And I'm, I'm very, uh, claustrophobic so i don't feel like or i i don't enjoy feeling like i can't move or i can't get out of somewhere you know something like that and i do think that um i mean there's there's quite a few films that do use that uh cabin fever um claustrophobic aspect for sure as, as a driver for the film um so yeah, and I mean, just The Shining, I think the um, 
kind of uh, slow reveal to it and just the building of the tension. Um, whereas like it, I mean, you kind of, you're kind of in it for the ride pretty early on. I mean, it's just like, boom, here it is. Um, have fun. Yeah. Um, but I like that. I, you know, like I said, I, I like that build and that kind of, um, you know, not to mention, um, which I mean, as far as the film itself is concerned, um, you know, there's so many like little conspiracy theories and, um, yeah, the background surrounding this, uh, this movie, the shining is, is beyond expansive. Yeah. So there's, there's all this different stuff going on in the back room. I just think it's, um, you know, more multi-layered, um, as a movie. And it's one of those that you can now you can go back and you can rewatch it you know, a ton of times just because it's a good movie. Um, For sure. But I like, I like movies that I can rewatch and catch something different, like that I didn't catch, you know, the first or the second or the third time. So, you know, you can watch The Shining like, you know, 20 different times and still as you're watching it, you're like, oh, I didn't notice that. Um, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's a, that's a hard match, man. Um, yeah, but, for sure. but well, the shining, the shining is pretty much a freaking masterpiece, even though Stephen King didn't like it. Um, yeah, but that's, but that's the whole thing about adaptation is that you're, you, it is very easy to make a, a, a word for word adaptation of a Stephen King book. And I know a lot of people would be tempted to do that, but the thing and this may shock you with my answer here because it 1990 with Tim Curry is my favorite horror movie of all time. But it's like you said, it's like, like it 1990 is like a comfort movie for me. Like I could put that on and just, it's like a warm, warm blanket. Whenever I watch it, the shining, the shining challenges me on an intellectual level. Every time I watch it, you know, yeah, it, exactly. and the thing that keeps coming to my head is The Shining is one of the most important, not just horror movies, but important films ever to me. I yeah. think that it has just inspired so many filmmakers, like even people I'll listen to podcasts or interviews with people and they aren't necessarily horror fans, but they just love The Shining and what it did for film in general. Um, so I, I feel like this movie is just so important that, and I'll be honest as a, as a film, it is better made than it. Um, it's the epitome of, um, like you said, that, that claustrophobia and just feeling like there are eyes on you at all times. Like you just get an eerie feeling whenever you watch it. Um, so I got to agree with you. Like I know it's very different than the book and a lot of people would either like or dislike that, but it's just, it's just one of the most important films ever made. It's a masterpiece. It's, you know, it's perfection to me. It's a, it's a film, 
You know, it, it transcends the genre to me. Um, yeah. And a lot of people are horror fans because of this movie. So I absolutely have to go with The Shining as well. So The Shining yeah. advances. Yeah. And like you said, like, I mean, The Shining, it's, it's not just a, a horror movie. Like it's, you know, it's a well thought out, like complex you know, piece of cinematography. Like it's, it's insane. Absolutely. And fun. Oh and yeah. Fun, there, fun it, fact. Go ahead. For, for anyone that has not seen it, um, there is a great doc, uh, documentary called um, Room Two Three Seven. Yeah, I still gotta, I still gotta watch that, man. I keep forgetting to do it. I gotta, I gotta get on that. Yeah, and it's it's cool because it um, it's like four different directors coming at it, shining from different angles and uh, pulling out all of the like little conspiracy theories and you know so uh, showing like Easter eggs how things were shot and you know what this means to the story and possibly why Kubrick could have shot it this way, um, but it's really cool. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. If you have not seen that, go check it out. And I will be doing the same uh, probably not long after we record this. So, <laughs> but yeah, so The Shining advances. Let's uh, let's move on to the next one. <coughs> oh, man, this one ought to be interesting. Uh, so we've got the original Night of the Living Dead from the 60s, George A. Romero versus Jennifer's Body. Well, to be honest, I can't weigh in on that one because I have not seen Jennifer's body. I've had a oh, lot. Oh, really? Yeah. I've. Uh, in fact, I was passing it the other day, uh, and I was like, man, I need to put that on my list because I have had a lot of people tell me. I remember joking on it when it came out um, because it was like a horror movie starring an old girl. Uh, what's her, what's uh, her Megan, name? Megan Fox. Yeah, Megan Fox. Yeah, um, this this movie had horrible marketing. I mean, this this was coming off of um I think it came out just a few months maybe after that second Transformers movie, Revenge of the Fallen. Right. So Megan Fox was like the girl right at that time and I'm pretty sure this came out not too, like in that same year and not too long after that. So but the marketing for this was terrible. I mean, this movie looked abysmal on the trailers and I, I stayed away from it um, and didn't see it for many years. But going back, man, you know, we, we did an episode a few weeks back about um, the Evil Dead franchise and, and the influence that that movie franchise has on a lot of films and how it just balances that horror comedy aspect so well. Um, Jennifer's body's up there for me in another, in being another film that balances that really, really well. This movie is hilarious to me. It is got a lot of heart, got a lot of soul in it. Great soundtrack, very well acted, um, a lot of good drama in there too. And I, I really think that in recent years, people have kind of, it's found its, its niche and, gone on to be a cult classic and it's a ton of fun i love this movie jennifer's body um and i you know it sucks that it didn't have a great run in the theaters but 
I'm glad it found its audience now because I definitely think it's got some powerful messages in there. Um, Diablo Cody, the writer, and Megan Fox put a lot into it. Um, I think it's an important movie too, and it's definitely inspired a lot of people. And you know, I love Night of the Living Dead, um, the original. Again, much like with The Shining, one of the most important films and horror movies ever made. Uh, but if I got to choose which one I'm going to watch, it'll be Jennifer's Body all day. But we're at a we're kind of stuck here because you haven't seen it yet. So um, yeah. I, I was gonna say I can I can at least um, you know kind of comment that you know here recently like watching um, watching or reading like you know some countdown lists about you know most underappreciated movies and stuff like that um, and that's one that's been consistently popping up is that that movie you know basically and of course everybody knows at the time that it bombed, mm-hmm. but, uh, that, you know, all of these people are watching it again and just kind of realizing how brilliant it is. Um, yeah. It's, so. it's genius. I, it is so well written. It is again, very well acted. Probably my favorite. I love the transformers movies and, um, other stuff that I've seen Megan Fox in, but this is easily my favorite role that, that she's done. So, um, yeah, fant- fantastic movie. I would love to do uh, an episode on it when when you watch it because I definitely think it's an under underrated film for sure. Um, yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, even though I haven't seen Jennifer's Body, uh, I I don't think I would put it. You know, anywhere near Night of the Living Dead. Uh, I mean that movie there's just there's just so much uh there's there's a lot of political commentary in it. Well, um, so that's the difficult one with this one is that this is kind of an appropriately um matched um round here. Because, yeah, coming from that angle. Yeah, because Jennifer's body has a lot to say about um you know, gender and and gender roles and things like that, but Night of the Living Dead has a lot of um, political undertones and and uh, and you know themes ab- about race and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Honestly, as much as it pains me, uh, because Jennifer's Body is a is a much more fun movie to me. Yeah. I think it probably makes more sense that Night of the Living Dead would have to be the winner here because. I mean, it's not a living dead. Like, <laughs> again, yeah. probably the most influential indie film ever made. And, um, you know, again, very artsy, very low budget, but just so well done and, and scary still to this day, man. The, I guess, oh, yeah. we, I guess we call them zombies. Like, I didn't see Night of the Living Dead from the 60s until just last year. Um, oh, okay. And, but, man, is it terrifying. Yes, it is. Just um, that opening scene in the graveyard alone. Like, if I was in that position that Barbara was in, yeah, I, I, yeah, my heart would stop. And good old Mister Bill Mosley uh, playing her brother in the remake. No. Oh uh, well, no. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think Bill Mosley's yeah, in the one from the sixties. Okay. Yeah, I think it's the remake. I was yeah, gonna yeah, say yeah. I. I definitely remember there being a remake, but I haven't seen it yet. Um, the remake is actually very good. That's, um, that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard that it's a pretty well liked uh, remake. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Night yeah, from Dead, 1990. It looks like. Yeah, it was somewhere in there. Wow, was it that recent? I thought it was like from the from the 80s it was oh it was, oh it was directed by tom savini oh yeah i knew that oh that's right he had pictures of this one on his table my mom has a picture signed by him here oh sweet uh what's her brother's name do you remember uh no i don't even know if they say it uh patricia tallman is barbara Oh, yeah, Bill Mosley. There we go. Okay, and then yeah. Tony Todd's in it as well. Wow, that's pretty, uh, yeah, that's pretty I mean, sweet, man. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. Uh, Tony Todd, of course, everybody knows him as Candyman. Sure. Well, that um, make, So he's the lead in this, it looks like, then. Yeah, he's kind of like the... He's, well... Uh, I guess you could say... So the in the original Night of the Living Dead, his character is, is much more the kind of main character uh mm-hmm. and then in the 80s uh they kind of he's still a very large role but they kind of put barbara uh, a little bit of ahead of him like it's a little oh, more okay. so they on. so they switch it up a little bit then yeah so it's it's a little more which honestly the 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 story and even the filming of it and everything is, I mean, it's, it's a pretty dead on remake. I mean, it's, it's pretty exact. Uh, but they bring their own twist to it just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I will definitely yeah. have to, uh, give this, excuse me, uh, give this, a a watch for sure. Um, yeah, man. That, yeah, um, that's good. And this is before Candyman too. It looks like 1990 for this one, and yeah. 92 was was Candyman. So, yeah, that's crazy. So I think to circle back, I think so. We're going Night of the Living Dead, right? Yeah, I'm definitely going Night of the Living Dead. All right, Night of the Living Dead advances. Um, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be much to say about this one. Uh, I'm actually going to flip the which one is first and second here as I read them off, because this is no contest. (laughs) Like they're both very well made movies. Very, very good. Some of my favorites, but we've got the ring versus alien. I mean, well, I I mean, do we need to, I think anybody that knows you knows which one you're (laughs) going, which one you're going. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm in agreement um, with you. But is is there much to say about this one? But don't get me wrong, love, 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 love the ring. I just rewatched the ring or watched part of it like the other day. Still great, still scary, but it's Alien, man. <laughs> like, yeah, and they're they're two completely different like horror genres too. It's oh, like, for sure, that, sci-fi and uh, yeah, you've got the sci-fi horror, and then. Which again, we were talking about isolation and yeah. um, um, claustrophobia. I mean, aliens about as good as it gets. 
For sure, man. For sure. Um, well, we'll just. Uh, I'm just gonna go ahead and throw Alien on there, but we can we can talk. But let's just yeah. throw Alien on there. I just there's no. Again, I love the ring, but th- there's no contest here for for either of us. I don't think Alien is Alien is a flawless movie. Um, Pretty much, yeah. The Shining is a masterpiece, and so is Alien. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, but again, Love the Ring definitely uh, still holds up as one of the best horror movies uh, ever made. Um, yeah, I caught, and I still I caught want, it, and I still want to see the the remake. Uh, or sorry, not the remake. That is the remake. Um, I still want to go back and see the the original version, the the Japanese one as well. Ring, Ringu. Version. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, sorry, man. I, I cut you off. Were you about to say something? Uh, I was, and I <laughs> totally forgot what it was. But that's okay. That's okay. No worries. <laughs> Um, all right, we'll move on to the next one. Um, this one, again, two outstanding horror movies. Um, I already know which one I'm going to go with on this one, but I'm curious to see what you're going to say, because I feel like these are two very influential movies for you. We have The Blair Witch Project versus The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original. Ooh. That's... That's really difficult, actually. Yeah. Uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, again, one of the most important horror movies ever made, but I honestly feel like Blair Witch is as well. Well, yeah, because Blair Witch started that whole um, that whole handheld cam thing. Yeah, um, found footage. But I feel like Texas yeah. Chainsaw Massacre scared a whole generation of people, but I feel like the Blair Witch did as well. You know, we were talking about this one on an episode with Mr. J uh, previously, and he said he doesn't go in the woods uh, still to this day, uh, or into the deep woods, I suppose, With uh, after watching Blair Witch. And I, again, even though they're in a wide-open um, forest or wooded area, there's still that claustrophobia here of everything. It feels like there's something around you that shouldn't be there at all times. And watch Blair Witch you know, especially late at night by yourself, like it is still incredibly scary. Well, yeah, that, that kind of, um, you know, claustrophobia or whatever, even though, yeah, they're out in the, in the woods, you know, plenty of room around them and everything. Like, it's like each night that they get in that tent, you're just like sitting there and you're like, don't get out of that tent. Don't yeah, get out of that you're tent. You're dreading nightfall because you know something's coming. Yeah. So, yeah, Blair Witch is fantastic. But again, man, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You touched on this this movie way back on episode one a couple months back. And again, flawless, flawless movie. Yeah, I mean, the the Blair Witch Project as well, like, when you when you go back and watch it now, it's still um it's still scary. Um yeah. and they do they do a lot of cool they do a lot a, a lot with nothing. Yeah, you know, the ep- the epitome of of doing a lot with, with nothing. Um yeah, and it, honestly if we're gonna if someone were to ask me which one scares me more, I would honestly go with Blair Witch. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a phenomenal movie, but it doesn't really 
scare me. It definitely makes me feel gross and like gets under my skin. But Blair right. Witch, Blair Witch just does something to my head, man. Yeah, of course. The the Blair Witch to um, which is where I was going here a, a second ago. Um, if you saw it when it came out, the marketing was brilliant for it because genius. You know, it was the first found footage movie, so nobody had kind of seen anything like it. And at the same time, uh, they led the audience or the viewers to believe that it was real. Yeah, they didn't let so, any of the actors appear on press shows or, and they put flyers up for them around like the film festival that this movie was, was premiering at. I mean, it was, it was believed to be a, a snuff film for a while. Yeah. So like, while while I'm watching it, not only like, I mean, if, if I had gone into it, just knowing that it's a horror movie, I would still enjoy it. But especially like that, those first, like, first few weeks maybe like maybe week or two when everybody thought it was real including myself because that yeah. was that that was like the big thing and this is your um, generation too because you would have been in like high school by the time this came out yeah 1999 yeah, yeah 99 i was let's see yeah yeah just starting high school oh yeah so i'm sure this movie was like the talk of talk of the town talk of the uh, school yeah. at that point when it came out right oh yeah it was a big deal well so jason we've <laughs> we've spit out positives about both which which one are we going with here <laughs> uh blair witch blair witch or texas chainsaw massacre i i i personally have to we're going on which one is scarier just in general, which one would you put over the other one? I've got to go with Texas Chainsaw. Okay, because, that's kind of where I was leaning at first. Yeah, uh, but because, I but I backpedaled because again, Blair Witch is the one that scares me more. Uh, right. But let's go with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So I'm happy with yeah. that. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I mean, I've, I've discussed it before on here, sure. but, um, you know, holy that was like, shit! I just scrolled down by accident and I saw something that's pitted against each other, and oh my god, that's gonna be terrible. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, any closing yeah, thoughts like, on this one? Um, no, just that they're they're both great movies. Um, I'm going with uh, Texas Chainsaw because. That's kind of the origin of horror for me. Sure. Um, and I've, you know, I've told that story. So Blair Witch, though, still very scary. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I would be perfectly happy rewatching either one of these at any time. Yeah, I rewatched Blair Witch um, not too long ago. It just happened to come on like Showtime or something like that. Nice. Man. Um, and it's, and it still holds up. It's still a great movie. So. Side, side note, did you ever get to play the video game that came out a few years ago? Um, no, I didn't. Uh, okay, because I downloaded that on my Xbox in 2020. That game scared the shit out of me, even. <laughs> that game was pretty yeah. terrifying and upsetting, so. 
Nice. Yeah, definitely holds to the spirit of the movie for sure. Um, right. But we'll we'll keep on going. Uh, this one is kind of be kind of going to be in your court because I have not seen either one of these in its in their entirety. Okay. Um, because we've got Nosferatu, the original, versus okay. Signs. Versus Signs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Nosferatu, again, I haven't seen in its entirety, and Signs, regretfully, I also have not seen in its, in, in its entirety, so I'm kind of gonna, I'm kind of gonna lean on you for this one. Personally speaking, of the, of the two that I've seen, um, I do like vampire stuff, but if I got, if I were to choose between two, between vampires and, and aliens... Um, I'd probably go signs. Right. Uh, but again, I have not seen either one in their entirety, so I kind of got to lean <laughs> lean on you for this one. Um, Nosferatu is very, I mean, it's ultimate classic. Um, this uh, is the twenties, right? Nineteen twenties yeah. when this came out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, no dialogue or anything. It's just uh, pure, you know, film. And, and that is a creepy vampire. Yes, he is. He's very creepy. Um, and so it's, it's a horror classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the cool thing about it when you watch it now is, uh, which... A lot of the early um, 1900s movies, you know, the black and whites, um, they looked like a stage production that they just put on the screen. Yeah, that's true. The one that comes to my mind is, I think this might have been the 30s, um, but Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, that's especially what I think of when I think of these, this era of horror. Um, but you're right, yeah, the the city um, of that movie and the way the buildings are drawn and the way the, the way the surroundings are, it definitely does look like a stage production for sure. Yeah, the backgrounds and the lighting and everything, um, but they did, that's one that they did a great job of taking from stage to to film but it's uh and of course it's a classic i mean you can't you can't overlook it uh it's it's so good for sure um and then signs you said you haven't seen it all the way through no i've seen about three quarters of it though i gotcha um i wanted to see this movie so badly in uh in the theaters um because this was oh two or oh three or something like that uh yeah. so i was like probably 10 11 and my <laughs> my dad was just not having it um so i i did not see it but i remember this trailer very very well the the whole daddy there's a monster outside my window can yeah. i get a glass of water yeah and i was like <laughs> what is this <laughs> um Signs, honestly, like I, I really like Signs, and I think uh, that it got a lot of undue hate. Um, I'm, I'm not sure what 
you know, people's problem with it was, to be honest. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if, if at this point was, was signs before the village or was the village afterwards? Uh, the village, I believe, was the film that came right after Signs. So at this point, M. Night Shyamalan okay. had done The Sixth Sense. Right. Um, and then, like a year later, year and a half later, he did Unbreakable. Right. Which I don't really... I definitely remember seeing Unbreakable around, but I don't feel like I heard people talk about it much until later on when it kind of found more of its audience. Yeah, um, well, and then especially um, him bringing it into the split. Yep. Oh, split yeah. Split was so good. A lot of people went back and watched. Yep. Unbreakable. So. Myself included. Um, so then, yeah, I think The Village was right after Signs, because Signs was like 02 or 03 or something like that, and then The Village was right. like 04. Okay. Yeah, so I think, I think with Signs... Uh, People at this point like had like caught on to because M Night Shyamalan kind of has a like he's always got some kind of twist at the end. Yeah, he has um, a, a style like a trademark twist, right? But um, but and I'll the, be honest though, I've seen the ending of of Signs. Does it have a twist per se? Um, because I know that Sixth Sense yeah, and Unbreakable it, definitely do. Um, and definitely the village does too, but does this, does signs really have a twist though? Cause I feel like this is probably the only movie that I don't feel like we got that unless I missed something. Um, it's, it's a little more subtle. It's not, <coughs> I wouldn't call it a, um, a twist so much as, uh, like a reveal. Um, okay. because because there's things that are going on throughout the movie that just seem background and mundane and they don't matter or whatever. But then at the ending, you know, they start flashing back to these, you know, different scenes and everything. And they all like kind of come together to like make sense. You're like, gotcha. Oh, okay. That's, that's why they were <laughs> doing that. Or, that's why that person said that. Like, uh, so yeah, it's not really like a, I wouldn't say it's really a, a big twist, but kind of just a big reveal there at the end. Okay. Um, so but, if you gotta, if you gotta choose between the two, which one are you going? Nos, um, Nosferatu gonna, or signs? I mean, Nosferatu is classic, but that's not something that I'm going to really sit down and be like, Ooh, let me throw on Nosferatu. <laughs> You know, oh, I guess like, I'm saying it, it wrong. I keep saying Nosferatu. Whatever, Nosferatu, <laughs> Nosferatu. Okay, so um, we're going. So we're going signs. Yeah, I'm going signs on that one. All right, cool, cool. Um, well, okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll get moving a little bit here. Um, uh, I, again, these are two movies that I love, but if I got to choose one. Uh, the other one just loses by default. We've got The Grudge from 2004 with Sarah Michelle Gellar versus Scream, the original. Scream. Yep. 
<laughs> I love The Grudge. That's one of the few horror movies early on that scared me, but Scream's a classic again. And again, another movie that inspired a, a generation of, of horror people and probably one of the one of the most accessible horror movies that actually brought more people in. Yeah. It, yeah, it's... Scream just kicked off like a whole new... Well, this well, this is where the to... this is where the self referential thing really, um, or not self ref not self referential, but like the the parody and the like referencing of other movies. Even though this isn't where it started, yeah. much like a Blair Witch thing, this is the movie that popularized that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's and we've had a lot of movies try to do that and some have succeeded others have failed but scream put that on the map yeah it's very meta because it's uh you're watching a horror movie with all this going on and at the same time they're talking about how dumb horror movies are or like you know how there's always a certain trope or a certain formula that they go by yeah, uh, and, and slasher and, specifically. Yeah, and Scream was really big. With I mean, it basically brought back the slasher movie. Absolutely, um, and we got a lot of Scream imitators <laughs> in the nineties yeah. after this one. So, yeah, because the the slashers were you know obviously enormous mm-hmm. uh, in the eighties. Yep, the eighties was 70- the the golden decades of that. Yeah, seventies and eighties, late seventies, early nineties, or late seventies, early eighties, um, yeah. and then, and then everybody kind of got over it because you know we're on Halloween seven or <laughs> by this one, yeah. yes, we were. Yeah, uh, I think right around when Scream came out, Halloween six had just come out. Yeah, and. I love that one, but I know everybody hates it, and that's where a lot of people say that the Halloween series tanked. Um, and there were other slashers there, but like like a little less known one that you know mainstream people might not know, um, but I've heard a ton about is uh, Doctor Giggles. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's very much a slasher. <laughs> um. Yeah, the '90s were kind of an interesting time for uh, for horror movies and slashers, especially. They just kind of weren't cool anymore. And then this movie, Scream, came along, and it's one of Wes Craven's I mean, best to me, and it and it definitely revitalized the genre quite a bit. So yeah, and um, uh, you know, The Ring was good too. The like it. It basically brought like a new version of horror, like because you know you have Ringo, Ringo, uh, or Ringu, um, and then you had Juwan, which is yep. the Grudge, yep. um, and the the Japanese had like a different style to their horror, and yeah. um, especially like the supernatural or like ghosts horror. <clears throat> so it kind of introduced that to the u.s because we weren't (laughs) familiar with that yep um 
So, like, it had a big part because um, there was quite a few and of, you know, of course, a lot of imitations that came out around it. Yeah. Um, but just yeah, no. for, for me, Scream was uh, scarier because it was that um, the... You know, it's your the neighbor right behind you. Like you don't know who, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was gonna say this. This movie made uh, made people afraid of of prank phone calls and home invasion stuff too. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No. Scre- scream. Yeah. Scream was definitely a game changer uh, when it can- when it came out, and it's it's still again one of the most influential horror films. Uh, to this day, I, I would say that even the new Halloween movies have have a touch of of Scream to them. You know, uh, ha- yeah. Halloween 2018, the way they kind of like the way that they retcon some of the the older movies and just the kind of nods and Easter eggs that they do. Right, I would say that's very Scream. You know, so yeah. Well, cool, man. Sorry, I'm gonna let my dog out. He is whining again. Damn it, Sonic. Goodbye. <clears throat> All right, I'm back. I will edit that out, maybe. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, so we'll move on. So Scream advances. Um, Jason, this next one is, is the one that breaks me. Uh, <laughs> we have Jaws the original versus the original Halloween. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> this is killing me to even look at these two side by side. Um, yeah, those are rough. <laughs> uh, again, though, both again, jaws. Yes. Way more mainstream, way more, uh, well, no, I was going to say way more classic of a film, but that depends on who you ask. But Jaws, to me, is just one of the greatest films ever made. Um, yeah. But, but, but again, man, Halloween, <laughs> like, I would, for me personally, also one of the greatest films ever made for me. Yeah, that one's really hard, and and some of these, you know, again, are kind of coming from um, way different, you know, genres. So it's, yeah, it's absolutely. Kind of hard to... Jaws is always a tricky one to me because I know it's always in the horror genre, but when I watch it, there's only parts of it that feel like a horror movie to me. Um, I mean, there's it has one of the greatest jump scares ever when they're when. Uh, when he's chumming the water off the back of the boat. That one. And then also when uh, Richard Dreyfus goes down to investigate the boat wreck and there's a hole in the side of the boat and he's oh, like yeah. shining yeah, a yeah. light in there and the corpse head floats up out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, legitimately one of the scariest scenes ever. But aside from that, man, it doesn't feel like a horror movie to me. Yeah, I I definitely... I mean, it gets it gets put in that category because... Um, you know, there's, uh, and especially for the time when it came out, uh, there's, you know, just these kind of 
really gory scenes there. Well, yeah. I mean, there's only really one. I mean, I mean, there's because, there's a there's a few. Well, if we're going gory, yes, uh, Quint's death is like definitely brutal. But yeah, a lot of it is implied. We more so just see blood in the in the water. But like again, but Halloween isn't super gory either. You know what I mean? But it's definitely yeah, a, it's true. definitely a horror movie. But the seventies didn't quite know that they could go to that extreme with the gore yet. Like even yeah. even you look at Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and there's not a whole lot of blood in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's more so implied. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> well. On this one, man, like, I just kind of have to look at it. Like, which one am I more inclined to watch? And it pains me, pains me to my core to say this. I would honestly probably go Halloween on this one. I just, if someone says, hey, we got to choose a movie to watch, I would put on Halloween first. Um, Jaws is usually like a, like a, like a once- once a year type thing like when summer is around and i guess halloween yeah. like most people would watch it in october but i could honestly pop on halloween any time of the year and and be completely happy so yeah i could i could do the same with both of them i'm i'm gonna go with jaws you know as much as i love halloween and um it's you know, it's a game changer in itself. Sure. But Jaws is one of those things. And Jaws has, uh, I think, one of the most legitimately scary scenes of any horror. And there's not even anything going on. It's um, Quint telling the story. Oh, yeah. Uh, of he and his guys from the Indianapolis going in the water. Like yeah, just, one of one of the greatest um, one of the greatest monologues and scenes yeah. of dialogue ever, and it's just Quint telling a story. You know, so yeah, yeah. I agree with you, but I'm looking at the parallels between these movies. Like both openings, fantastic. Both endings, immensely satisfying. And in the middle, True. they just they build people up. And you get to know everybody really well. I mean, if you're comparing Jaws, yes, has more time to do it and does it better. But but I care about the characters in Halloween as well. Um, yeah. But it, again, though, two of the most influential films ever made. So, but if we're so you said Jaws, I said Halloween. Uh, we're gonna go cliche here and flip a coin and see which one advances because we're. We're stuck here. So, uh, heads or tails, Jason? Um, I'm going heads. All right. And it's tails. So, Halloween advances. All right. But again, I love Jaws too. So, (laughs) yeah. And and I was just going to say too that, like, Jaws is one of those movies that, like, if you got. Like, if you're just flipping through the channels, like, you don't even know what you want to watch or, mm-hmm. you know, you're just kind of chilling out for the afternoon or whatever. Like, it's, it's like, always on somewhere. Yeah, and, at any point and, of the year. 
<laughs> yeah, and anytime I cross it, I'm like, Jaws? Yep. Yeah, um, but I, I would say Jaws is definitely the more iconic of the movies. Yeah. Um, But the coin speaks, so we'll just move on, and I'll just hate myself for my decision, because <laughs> whichever decision... <laughs> Whichever decision I make, I would feel defeated. So, but let's move hey, on. Like me and Mr. J say, it, it's okay <laughs> to be wrong. Yes. <laughs> it's okay to be wrong. There we go. All right. Um. Oh, geez. Uh, this bracket war is really tough. And this may end up being a two-parter. I'm not sure yet, but... Jason, the next round is The Conjuring, the first one, versus The First Evil Dead. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) Uh, Uh, These are, again, though, two completely different things. Yeah, I mean, of of course I'm going to say Evil Dead. I figured you would. Yeah, I I I, Of the two... Yes, I would go Evil Dead as well, but good God, man, that first Conjuring is so freaking scary. It is, man. It's really scary, and I've I've watched it, you know, quite a few times just because it's so good. Me too. Um, but I but and- I gotta say, if we're going longevity um, between these franchises, I know we're just comparing the first of each one. But right. as a as a franchise, Evil Dead is way better than the Conjuring franchise. Yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, just the way that it's progressed, and it's you know each different movie is is kind of its own thing. Yeah. Uh, versus the Conjuring, I mean, you know, you know pretty much what I mean. They're different stories, but you know, but you know much what you're what gonna you're get. Getting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I'm and, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I uh, Evil Dead advances, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. As much as I love The Conjuring, uh, and it is one of those that I've watched over and over and over. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just Evil Dead's just too classic. I can't for sure, and an influential horror movie for you as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Evil Dead advances, so we're in agreement there. Um. Oh, speaking of influential again. Uh, for you, Jason, we have Poltergeist, the original, versus Hereditary. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Um, there's so much to love about Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think Poltergeist is so um, is so accessible. Oh yeah, this is a great place to start in the horror genre for anyone. Yeah, because it's not, um, you know, because it's at the time it was rated PG. We talked about that. Yep, this was before the the PG thirteen rating came along. So, right, which which like I said, I think that's um, one of the reasons they came up with the rating is because it rode the fence so hard. Yeah, well, um, this this is a a difficult one because I got to look at this in 
the way of which one are we more inclined to put on? Oh, definitely Poltergeist for me. Agreed. I Again, I love Hereditary, but Poltergeist is way more fun. Um, and Hereditary, yes, challenging intellectually, very scary, but just so depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like I could I could sit down with you know just about anybody other than a five year old and watch Poltergeist. Poltergeist, and it's it's scary, but it's not like it's not like overly traumatizing like it's it's no there's there's like an element of of fun to it yeah it's just it's just a good story like it's um like it like it like it rides that line of we talked about monster squad before as well with mr j right um it rides that line of monster squad meets like amityville horror type thing yeah, yeah, you know, like good. yeah, it dips its toe into both, and I think it juggles both really, really well. And side note, this movie I believe is coming to the theaters in October, and uh, we will definitely be going to see that on the big screen. Oh, Poltergeist suits, yeah, man, sweet. I hope we haven't missed it already, but it's either September or October, so okay, we'll have to look into it because I um, that's one I haven't seen on the big screen either. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, like, and again, um, along with along with Jaws, like, it's another one of those movies that, like, if I'm just clicking through channels, like, it's you know, just I'm on. Gonna, yeah, like, I'm gonna stop. I'm just like, yep, I'm gonna watch Poltergeist. Um, <laughs> there we go. Even if it, even if it's like halfway through, you know, I'm just flipping through and. and go buy it i'm like yeah yeah i don't care where it is i'll i'll finish watching it if it's halfway over or whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) there we go man well there we go poltergeist advances um a worthy competition but yeah i'd go poltergeist as well um this one is another one where i haven't seen one of the movies and the other one i'm just kind of indifferent to so i'm gonna kind of throw this your way gothica with Halle Berry from the 2000s yeah. versus the original Child's Play? Um, yeah, definitely um, the original Child's Play. Okay. Now, Gothica, if, if you haven't seen it, Gothica... No, I've, 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 I know this cover, though, and I've seen it, like, maybe I saw a trailer for it back in the day, but what is this? Um, it's Halle Berry and, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it too. Okay. And it's basically this, I mean, it's, it's a ghost story basically. Um, it's been a second since I've seen it. So Halle Berry gets locked up. I, I think she's accused of. Uh, killing her husband um, okay. or she's accused of killing someone. I can't remember. I, I want to say it's her husband. I could be wrong though. Gotcha. Um, and so they lock her into a mental ward and um, Robert Downey is like her therapist. And huh. uh, so, 
you know, of course she's trying to tell everybody that she's, she's innocent innocent, and everybody just thinks that she's crazy. Like thinks that she's out of her mind. Okay. This, this definitely sounds like a trend that was pretty popular in the two thousands. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good watch though. Cause, um, you know, seeing everything that's going on from her perspective. Meanwhile, everybody else thinks she's just nuts. Yeah, um, it's it's good. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, um, it's not one that I'll I'll go back and watch a hundred times. But it's a good movie. I liked it. Okay. Yeah, that trend I was um, referring to is I feel like in the two thousands, um, because around the same time that this one came out, uh, the Secret Window came out with Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like in the 2000s, there was that very tiny niche of horror movies where it was like, are they crazy versus are they actually haunted or right. being harmed by someone else? Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, oops. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be willing to check this one out, though. I definitely remember this cover, though. I saw this at Blockbuster a bunch. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so... Not much to say there. Child's Play advances. Again, Child's Play, I'm just kind of indifferent to. It's definitely one of my... I do like Child's Play, the original, um, but it, it's not a top-tier one for me, but that's just no, me. No, for me, for me either, but it's it's still good. For sure, for sure. Um, so the next one, we'll, we'll get moving here a bit. I definitely think this is going to be a two-part episode, but we've got The Omen, the original, versus the original Friday the 13th. Okay, I'll let you open that one up. <laughs> well, I'm a little bit biased when it comes to this one because I just saw The Omen for the first time like last year or maybe two years ago. The, the original, right? Yes, the one from the 70s. Okay. Um, the Omen is a fantastic movie, but Friday the 13th, yes, it is upon rewatching it at an older age myself. Is it a great movie? No. Is it a particularly well-acted or well-made movie? No, not really. But I got a lot of love and nostalgia for this first Friday the 13th because it is it was one of my gateway horror movies for me. Um, right. And for the longest time, Jason Voorhees was my favorite slasher. I've switched to Michael Myers as I've gotten older because I just love the Halloween movies more the older I get. Yeah, but I got a lot of love for this first Friday the Thirteenth movie. So, personally speaking, I'm going Friday the Thirteenth. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm gonna go with it too. A lot of people are probably gonna hate us for that. <laughs> um, but I mean, the Omen, the Omen's really good and it's psychological, but it's uh, it's it's pretty boring too <laughs> yeah it's very slow at points but again very scary though that yes. uh that scene that creepy nanny um that's kind of invaded their home is uh is definitely terrifying so yeah absolutely but anyway so friday the 13th advances uh let's circle back around to mr Shyamalan, shall we because we've got the sixth sense versus the sixth sense versus the original carrie from the 70s Um, what do you think? 
okay, so Carrie is a very good movie, and it's a. I just re. I just read Carrie the book uh, during quarantine in 2020. Very very yeah. w- well done adaptation and very faithful to the book, and definitely. You know, the it's the first of the Stephen King adaptations, and I definitely think it did a lot for his name and and that Stephen King subculture as a whole. But it's not Carrie's not one of my favorite Stephen King stories. Um, and I don't have a whole lot of nostalgia for The Sixth Sense because I didn't see it until way later, but. If you're if someone were to ask me like which one do you want to watch between these two, I'd probably go Six Sense. Yeah, me too. Um <clears throat> Carrie Carrie is good, but it's like you said, out of like Stephen King's uh stuff, it's definitely not up there as far as like the scare factor for me. Um Yeah. And it has its moments too. Like it's an iconic movie, and it has its its creepy jump scares. Um, Sissy Spacek's eyes are definitely terrifying when she starts to uh, to go off on the people at the prom. But yeah, it's right. just it's not something I just casually throw on. Yeah, exactly. So, but but again, a lot of respect for it as well, especially for being the first Stephen King adaptation to have knocked it out of the park as well as it did. Yeah, absolutely. All um, right. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm going with Sixth Sense, too, because Sixth Sense is... Uh, uh, Cla- a classic just, to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think, again, another movie that inspired a lot of generations. Um, but, uh, so we'll move on. Uh, this is going to be interesting. We've got The Babadook versus the original Hellraiser. Hmm. This is Again, a, these are com- these are coming up as you know, such completely completely different movies. Yeah, but, the, these aren't even anywhere near the the same subgenres in horror. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, the original Hellraiser that I like, or I I do like, but it's you know, it's. Uh, that uh it's kind of like that torture it's like torture porn it was like one of the first yeah just definitely the original hellraiser is so good but so gross yes it is and that franchise only gets crazier as it goes on but this original one man like it is so disgusting um and just seeing chains ripping skin apart um and just the aesthetic of the of the cenobites are they're just so gross man but yeah, the, and but I, the but the thing is that one gets under my skin but the babadook is so again it's very depressing but this movie like actually scared the crap out of me uh yeah definitely the babadook absolutely terrified me the scene that cemented my love for the babadook was when the mom's up late one night watching like a newsreel and she's having a hallucination 
And it's like a mother goes off and, and kills her child um, and goes after her neighbor or something. And then you see a shot of the house in the newsreel. And in the corner of your eye, you just see the curtain on a window or in the window of the house move. And they zoom in and it's her, the mom of the movie, right. like just staring and smiling out the window, like legitimately goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. So personally for me, Hellraiser is a lot more fun, but I would probably go with the Babadook. Yeah. As, as far as what I'm going to uh, sit and watch, you know, again, um, I'm, I'm going to go with the Babadook, but I mean, okay. Hell, Hellraiser, definitely their goal was to make you cringe and um mission accomplished yeah mission accomplished (laughs) they they achieved uh what they were after and yeah uh of course hellraiser you know still one of those classics um for sure yeah like (laughs) yeah and the babadook i love the um I guess kind of the first, I think it's pretty much the first re- uh, reveal of the Babadook, but it's, uh, she's laying in bed with her son Yep. and she looks up at the ceiling and it's crawling across and then it turns its head around. Yeah. And it um, doesn't sound like it'd be scary, but that, that paper mache thing that they use for the Babadook is so scary. Yes, it is. And his, vo- his voice too. I mean, just the Babadook. Yeah. yeah, I made a mistake of watching that at about 11 o'clock at night, and I definitely was affected by that. So, But uh, yeah, both great movies, though, and The Babadook advances. Uh, there's nothing much to say about this one. I love both these movies, but one of them's a great movie. The other one is just a nostalgia piece. <laughs> We've got I Know What You Did Last Summer versus The Exorcist. <laughs> exorcist yep (laughs) another one of your favorites there and yeah i love i know what you did last summer but it is not a great movie by any means it's just a 90s (laughs) a 90s slasher in the wake of scream but it's a lot of fun yeah that is one of those that like scream kind of uh you know had influence on and absolutely uh, yeah like especially like if you haven't seen it in a while going back and watching it now um it it doesn't hold up well at all it's just really super cheesy um yeah it is i do love the cast though jennifer love hewitt uh freddie prince jr sarah michelle geller uh ryan ryan philippi johnny galecki yeah it's it's a 90s throwback so i do enjoy watching it but the exorcist is one of the greatest movies and horror flicks ever made so <laughs> we'll just Absolutely. we'll just breeze on that and again exorcist terrifying so yeah and, and i know i, I said that. before that i read the book and was disappointed by the movie i was but the movie still one of the greatest horror flicks ever made yeah so we'll just move on um ooh, this ought to be interesting uh we've got the original nightmare on elm street versus silence of the lambs Mm. All right, this is a tough one for me, and I want to just say my piece real quick about Silence of the Lambs. It is a very, very good movie. It is a great movie, 
The problem I have with Silence of the Lambs, and I can't say this for many movies, so this is a this is a compliment to what I'm saying about Silence of the Lambs. This is one of the only movies with Silence of the Lambs that I never want to watch ever. It just I've seen it. It's great, but it is one of the only movies to ever give me such an icky feeling watching it that mm-hmm. it is like not fun for me to watch it. It is so deeply disturbing and realistic to me that yeah. it actually like it's not fun for me to watch. Right. But again, it is a great movie and it gave mm-hmm. us one of the greatest performances in cinema history with Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Um but Buffalo Buffalo Bill, right? That's his name. Yeah, Buffalo Bill terrifying and the kidnapping of the of the females terrifying and the prison scene where we meet Hannibal Lecter and just the mind bending that he does there genuinely willies every single time so yeah but Nightmare on Elm Street classic classic horror movie one of the best slashers ever made Freddy Krueger one of the most iconic characters in horror I just got to see this on the big screen about three years ago had a great time doing it. I'm going Nightmare on Elm Street, but I will take away absolutely nothing from Silence of the Lambs because it is a phenomenal movie. It is just not one that's fun for me to watch. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going with um, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, I knew that's where we were gonna go, so we'll flip. So it's, but say your piece I'm while actually, I while I pull up the coin flip. I'm actually like flip flopped on it. Um, because, <clears throat> I mean, Silence of the Lambs is definitely very heavy and it's very trippy. Yep. Um, but because of the because of the performances and um, just the storyline and everything, like I love that movie. I watch it over and over and over. Um, it doesn't. That one for some reason does. I mean, it gets to you. But, yeah. Um it it gets at me in the way that in a way that I like. <laughs> sure. Um uh Yeah, and I don't know why I don't know why this movie bothers me so much. It just uh it just it hits that nerve for some reason that like yeah. when I think like real world scary where people are like oh the movie that movie's too real for me, that's one of them. Yeah. It's completely yeah. practical, completely reasonable. Well, not not reasonable, but completely believable that this exact situation could happen right you know well so. yeah i mean it's it, and that kind of um those kind of serial killers you know that have their different methods like that and that are um you know after a certain type of person and it's because they want to keep their head as a lamp or whatever it <laughs> might be you know, um, I mean that that happens. I mean, it's not. Yeah. The, so, yeah. I mean, I see what you're saying. Like, it's not. Um, it's not this thing that you can just kind of brush off. Like, oh, no. that's. You know. <laughs> it sits with you. Sits with you. Yeah, you're. Now, like, was this oh, a ghost? It'll be okay. Yeah, but <laughs> was this one somewhere. a? Yeah, was Silence of the Lambs one of those many movies that was inspired by Ed Gein as well? 
Um, With the cannibal stuff? I think specifically... Well, yeah, definitely with because um, Buffalo Bill is making like the suits out of people's skin, and yeah, um, Game did do a lot of like making um, all sorts of stuff, uh, making lampshades, making like curtains, making yeah. See, burn. that's I think that's why it bothers me. His stuff like that just freaks me out. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and do the coin flip here. I said Nightmare on Elm Street. You said uh, Silence of the Lambs. Call it. We'll stick with old heads. And it's tails again. <laughs> Man. All right. Nightmare on Elm Street advances. But again, very difficult um, decision there. That's why we're flipping a coin. <laughs> But, uh, all right, so that is the end of the initial rounds. So now we're going to circle back around and pit some competition with some movies that we said could advance. 